0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. We're going to bring in the outstanding Mark Woganrich from SI.com. Hello, Mark. How have you been?
1: Doing well, Steve. Thanks. Uh, I hate to be the guy on the opposite end of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're my bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I to be honest with you, I opened the show and I said, geez, Mark, I don't really have a lot of answers." Um, yeah, <laughs> for, for watching it. I mean, I, I didn't really know what to say, and I thought that was on my part an honest answer. Do you have yeah. something to add to it?
1: I, I told Matt when he gave me a ring up. He said, "Has uh, you know, has the reaction been from like people you were interacting to?" I said, "They're still in the uh, denial phase, I think, of of this, you know, kind of bridging between denial and anger." I. The only answer that I really would come up with is um, it's how very simple uh, football ultimately is with uh, with regard to the quarterback position if you have a good strong, healthy quarterback who's fit effective and can make plays, you're in really good shape if you have a second you know if you have a backup quarterback you feel really you feel comfortable with who can do most of what your first your number one guy can do you feel really good. And it just seems clear that Penn State was not in that position Saturday.
0: And uh, I think the point I made was, look, football is also the kind of game, no matter what, even if you are a passing team where teams throw more than ever, winning up front also means pass protection. It's not just the running game. But on both lines of scrimmage, you still have to win uh, there. Is that fair, Mark?
1: Oh, absolutely. Most certainly. And it was clear that they really wasn't winning on the offensive line. And their defensive line struggled, albeit against, you know, that um, that 13-lineman front that Illinois ran really effectively. <laughs> you know, as as much, you know, as much many guys as you put on that offensive line, you still have to be able to figure out a way at least to close the gaps and not have safeties and cornerbacks coming down to, to make a bunch of tackles uh, 7, 8. Yards behind. Ultimately, I this really begs down for me just offensively because I can go back to the defense as much as you want to say they gave up 357 rushing yards, which they did. They gave and up gave them, 10 I points. Think was, yeah, like 300. I think it was 13 plays of maybe 10 plus yard, 10 plus yes. rushing yards. So it was yes. big gained, but Illinois got the red zone twice. That I had to go back and look and said, is that really true in, in regulation? Red zone twice. That astonished me that you could run for that many yards. One, that's testament to, again, and again, and again, and again, to what George Stout does, pinning guys back punting-wise. But they kept him out of scoring range. As as many yards as they put out, they were. kept him out of scoring range, delivered the ball to the offense uh, inside the 25-yard line with an opportunity to score. It didn't come away with any points. Three, three turnovers, no uh, or three turno- three points off, three turnovers, kept yeah. them out of the end zone in regulation or in overtime to, um, you know, the standard overtime periods. Defense did its job as much as you build those yards, they did not break, and, uh, Penn State's offense just, Penn State's offense broke. Um, to me, that was pretty simple, and I, don't, I wonder, you know, whether uh, it would have what it would have looked like. Um, with another quarterback in there, with a healthy quarterback in there. And that's just like the one of the what-if mm-hmm. um, questions that you ultimately come around asking after a game like that. All
0: right. Um, because, yeah, they gave up ten points in the game. Yeah. Uh, and that was um, – and that ends up being the bottom line. I thought Illinois did a did a great job in what they did by shortening the game. In other words, 36 and a half minutes, and they mm-hmm. kept Penn State. They reduced Penn State's possessions in the game by how they played it.
1: Yeah, well, was it something like 11 possessions, 12 possessions, something in yeah, regulation? 11. I mean, just didn't, Yeah, didn't get, and just opportunity-wise, yeah, that, that, that was one of the issues. But I still think that's a game with that style the way Illinois is going to play and the way Penn State did ultimately stop them. You need your 14 points. I think even going into that game, and I probably part of a lot of people on the outside looked at it, like, okay, can you cobble together 14 points um, with your quarterback situation, not knowing um, on Friday or, or, you know, last week whether Sean Clifford was going to be starting? You think, like, okay, with the situation, can you build out 14 points with, you know, with the quarterbacks you were going to play? And that they didn't trust themselves to be able to do that really um, – it you know, really is an internal question that they have to go. You know, not that they haven't addressed it, but it's an internal question that they probably struggled with for the past two weeks.
0: It was one of those games where I kept thinking midway through the second quarter that if Penn State could get one more score of any kind, that would be enough. And the and it turned out that was true, mm-hmm. uh, but they they never could get that score after you know. Beyond the middle of the second quarter, and that's like, and it allowed Illinois to start believing they had a chance to win.
1: Yeah, and I think to me it was that it was the turnover that,
0: yes, that
1: did it for me when they got um, fact, Sikowski, got the fumble, got the ball, and I thought, okay, this is the this is the this is that um, sudden change play that Pence is going to turn into something here. You know, they're going to turn into some sort, some kind of point in this game and that is going to be it's going to be ugly but they're going to squeak this one out because they're just um, they are better you know they're a better football team they didn't play as the better football team I think ultimately Illinois deserved to win that game as the better football team that day in executing a game plan that they came in with uh, effectively, but that possession to me, I thought that that was going to be the one. You get the ball to twenty five, you're going to be able to do something with this, right? You're going to get you're going to get a ball to Jahan Dotson somehow. You're going to get you're going to break something. You're going to hit uh, you know you're going to hit a play like they had hit earlier to Keandre Lambers, but they're going to be able to do something. And not being able to do that, um, that was an alarming moment. And then uh, after that, the cascade of just not being able to really do anything effectively, uh, really, just over a two game stretch. I went back and counted that they've had one touchdown in 23 regulation pos- regulation pos- possessions since Sean Clifford got hurt. Um, you know, and to go, now they're going to go out state that scored, I, that leads, I think they lead the country in touchdowns. I definitely did 10. I think they, they lead the country in touchdowns. Um, that that's uh that's a that's a you know it's an alarming task to take on.
0: Uh, look personnel wise, you're not going to be able to do, you know, it's not, you're not going to be able to come up with mm-hmm. a a different combination, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's comes down to getting what you do and executing it. Yeah. Uh, it, it I mean, is, is that safe to say? You know, in terms of the analysis of, of the team.
1: Yeah, I think I think so. And it's also the pressure that you're putting on the defense to to execute almost at a perfect level. I mean, again, I go back to red zone possessions with all that yardage. So, okay, you had – I mean, Chase Brown was phenomenal, and uh, Joshua McCray was really good in mm-hmm. that line of the formation. And everything they did was really good to move the ball downfield on them. But Penn State's defense was, for the most part – Effective in keeping them out of the end zone. They got to the end zone once until uh, the two point conversion part of overtime.
0: Right.
1: And and you just you keep asking a defense to be perfect to execute perfectly when your offense is not executing even at an average level. Uh, It's you know that's a game and a half now. Uh, that they've they've kind of foisted that upon the defense, and they just haven't been able to be perfect. They have still been, I think they've still been really good the last two games, mm-hmm. um, the rushing game notwithstanding. Yeah, being uh, you know being not being quite as physical as they could have been, but but still managing a way to get out of out of those situations mm-hmm. where, um, without the points. So mm-hmm. you're and now you're going. Your offense needs to be uh, your offense needs to be just average, uh, I think, in that game to win. And you can't ask you can't ask that of them at Ohio State. All
0: right, no, you're going to have to be obviously really good mm-hmm. uh, in in a game like that. Um, mm-hmm. It. So how do you view? I mean, have you really had a chance to look at Ohio State yet? Obviously, offensively, Strouds played great. Looks like. As an offense, they play great. What's your thought on them? They're at
1: what? They're challenging, um, you know, I think they're on a pace to, to beat the scoring record. That modern kind of big scoring record that Penn State's 94 offense, that they're averaging 49 right. a game. And you can, I think, four games, less four games at 50-plus, and you can you know, absolutely can di- discuss competition and what kind of defense they faced. And I don't know about you know, this is going to be the best Big Ten defense that they're going to have played um, right. against so far. But even if even if Penn State is able to cut that in half, um, and say okay, you know that they put up twenty five, are, are are as are you comfortable enough that Penn State can score twenty six um, with the way their offense is functioning uh, right now? I think the defensive matchup with, a, with Penn State's secondary. Is a pretty good matchup. Yes, yeah. against Ohio State, and I I look at this with it with a scoring team, you know, with a team that could kind of keep pace and score a little bit. I don't think they're going to stop Penn. I don't think they're going to stop Ohio State clearly, but I I have a hard time seeing them getting to fifty, even forty, necessarily against the Penn State, Penn State defense playing as well uh, as it has for the most part in keeping teams. Uh, out of the end zone. I think it's nine touchdowns that they've allowed this year. I think right. Georgia is the only team better in the country in in, right. in allowing touchdowns. So right. now you've got you know, having to do that against Ohio State, who could put up numbers and yards. But if they could keep them out of the end zone, you know half of what they're doing, I think you have a game. It's just yeah. a, you know circling back. It's a matter of can your offense uh, even approach. Uh, scoring in that range, scoring twenty-five to thirty.
0: What can the threat of a running game mean in a game like this? I'm talking about Penn State's threat yeah, um, of a running
1: game. I think it's specifically the is the threat of a quarterback being able to run a little bit. Um, the other, the play that really struck me, my last game with Sean Clifford, he just uh, he was scrambling around a little bit and just and, and slid. Um, Two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he effectively said, You know, he's trying, it looked like he's trying to avoid getting hit contact as a protective measure. That's understandable. But in that play, when he's able to move and run around and with his head still up and looking downfield, yeah. um, the threat not just to run, but then to throw off that run, off that scramble before he gets to the line of scrimmage, that quarterback draw that he's been effective. You know, it keeps, you know, it keeps obviously what Illinois is able to do in those run blitzes that Penn State had, you know, trouble handling. And then it also gives you a chance maybe that um, you get a play like they had with Keandre Lambert-Smith, where you got a guy checked out of a, you know, you know, Sean checked out of a play, saw the single, saw that coverage, and boom. And you could hit your big plays again. They haven't, Penn State really has not been able to hit they the big plays in a couple of games. They had that, and then the uh, that kind of jump ball that Johan Dotson brought down, which I really thought you know he took an interception away more than anything. Um, I that would have been a good I think that would have been a good play just to knock that ball out of um, out of potentially being intercepted in the ultimate, and then he turned it into a great catch too. Yeah, the the quarterback run is so evident. But at least if you had, I mean, if they had. Uh, the threat that they could stretch a running team outside, or you know, break a couple things inside. It's not. It's going to. It's going to give. To me, it's going to free Jahan Dodson. That's probably the biggest thing that I see that he has not been able to do that. Uh, the last game and a half because they, you know, they don't have Sean as a threat to run, um, and they didn't have really Sean as a threat to kind of get the ball downfield to him either.
0: Okay, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. I hope uh, you're, are you are going to be in Columbus. Will do. Yes, I'm forward I'll to look that. For, one. Look forward to seeing yeah, we'll you out there, there, my friend. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it.